Hey guys, uh, welcome to the BMW Blog Podcast, episode 49. Uh, today, it's just me writing solo without Nico, but he'll be back uh, on the next episode. But we do have a special guest, uh, James Package, uh, an old friend of mine, uh, BMW fan, BMW owner, um, the writer for BMW Blog. You might have seen his videos uh, on our YouTube channel as well, of course, on his YouTube channel too. We're going to drop that link so you guys can see it. So we wanted to invite him today to kind of talk to me about BMW, about some of his cars, some of his passion for the brand. Uh, James, how are you? I'm great, Horatio. How good are you? Good there. Good to see you on. I mean, we've, um, we've always worked on things together, but it's cool to um, do a podcast and kind of talk about things. So um, quick intro. I mean, yeah, we're probably sure. going to touch a little bit today on, the, on your car, and we have an M3 CS F80, so that's a cool one to talk about. It's one of my favorite cars, actually, too. And then we're going to talk about the new M3 and M4. Of course, everybody uh, you know wants to talk about that Definitely. one, so you, we do have to talk about that. And a little bit about the future of cars, you know, automotive, what it means for the enthusiasts, for us. And um, let's see how it goes. So, yeah. jump in. Let's so, um, let's talk about your M3 CS. I know you you swapped an M4 or M3 competition for an M3 CS. And actually, <laughs> it was uh, yeah, yeah yeah. So this was this was a couple of years ago. It was about two years ago. I. Uh, I, I custom built a, a F80 M3 base actually, uh, and we added the uh, M Performance package on it, like all the carbon bits. Uh, the most important bit being the M Performance exhaust. So um, it was it was mineral white. It was just yeah. just beautiful uh, manual. Uh, had a lot of fun with it. Two years later, I, I drove by uh, one of the dealerships, and I was actually helping somebody uh, that reached out to me on Instagram. Uh, to see if I have a contact at uh, in Seattle, and uh, they ended up buying a uh, San Marino Blue M3 CS, and yeah, and so I thought I'd uh, I thought I'd put like a little uh, like delivery video for them together. So I took my drone, I took my cameras, and they didn't ask for that, but I thought it'd be really really cool because uh, I would appreciate it if someone did that for me. So I showed up, I uh, I shot the video for them, um, and they literally flew up from Cali to sign the paperwork. And then flew right back and had the car shipped. And then my guy at Seattle was, uh, he was like, hey, uh, I saw the way you were looking at the M3CS. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, what's not to like? Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's my car except like two levels yeah. above. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we managed actually that day to, to, to make a deal that was pretty good. So it would have been, it would have been lame for me to not take what's up the color day that you offer. Got? Uh, there's five colors available and I, yeah. I, uh, I, I got the one that I really, really liked. It was, uh, it's a BMW individual San Marino blue nice. metallic. That's gorgeous. It, yeah. It's, a uh, I don't know I if you can, can see, see a little video up there, yeah. something like, yeah, yeah. It's, oof, it gets me every single time. Like it's been just, it's going to be two years in May. Okay. It still puts a big old smile on my face, man. Every time I yeah. walk up to it, it's like, uh, it's, it's an event. I think that's what cars should be like. If your car, if you're a car person and uh, you don't get a, a grin on your face when you walk up to your car, or if you don't look back after mm -hmm. you lock your car, um, you know you're not driving the right car. Yeah. I think a car should excite you and should get you happy. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're quite passionate about the car because you also have an Instagram account that's uh, you know connected to the car, right? And what is it? <laughs> yeah. What's, actually, the, what's the handle? Uh, so the handle's M Chief M underscore Chief with the three instead of nice. an E. Uh, and that is like a side passion project that I do. Like I post every single day. Um, 
and it, you know, it combines a lot of things that I enjoy, like cars, photography, videography, and just uh, engaging with with people that are. It, there's just a lot closer relation when you when you just talk to people on social yeah. media. It's like very direct and very quick. So engaging with like fellow like minded individuals that are into cars. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's it's like you build like a small community and then you just share ideas, you know, hey, did you upgrade anything on your car? Oh, yeah, I got the end performance height adjustable suspension. Oh, cool. Post up some photos. Yeah, you know. So let me ask you this. So why did you switch over from the base M3 and 4 to the uh, CS? I mean, or first of all, tell me what's what's different to you, like coming from one car to another. What did you notice immediately? So immediately it was the steering. Okay. The steering is a lot more direct and a lot more um, communicative, at least for me. Um, the second thing that you realize is that when you grab the, the CS steering wheel, it is very, very chunky. Yeah. Like it is a chunky Alcantara steering wheel. And just that in itself, there's so many things that BMW M did really, really well in the CS that just, it's like a no brainer. Um, I had my, my base, you know, M performance pack M3, but then you look at the CS and there's so many CS specific details that BMW M included that just um, make it all the more special. Like they're limited to, I, you know, officially they're 1,200 units worldwide. Um, in fact, there are about 1,263 units that BMW M manufactured. There, yeah, there's not that many. I think there's less than 550 in the U.S. And it's just, uh, there's something to be said about feeling special. Yes, it, it like MSRP on them was a lot higher than your base M3, but um, you know that you're driving something yeah. special, something rare. Uh, you have the GTS carbon fiber reinforced plastic hood on the CS, which is you know specific to the GTS and the M3 and M4 CS. You have the um, you know rear carbon wing with the dual step that's CS specific. The front CS splitter also CS specific. Um, little dash. Uh, CS signature engraved. there, you know, that makes it feel engraved. Yeah, I just, it's the little details, you know, and it doesn't necessarily, like, no one has to know, but That's I know. Exactly. And, and, you know, that, that, that in itself just kind of is, is, was enough just to know that it's, and, you know, of course, it's got more power, more torque, you know, 453 versus 425, yeah, I think, factory. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can tell. Yeah, which isn't like, it's, it's not, not a lot. Like, so I was going to tell you my my story with the M3CS because I actually I yeah. flew to Germany and I drove exactly the same car that you have the same color, and I remember going to uh, the BMW Driving Academy. It's called uh, Meisach. It's near Munich, and they gave me the car and they said, you know, go do some laps and let us know what you think. And I came back. And honestly, I was I was jet lagged a little bit. I couldn't remember if there were a lot of changes, you know, mechanical changes to the to the to the to the standard M3 and M4. And when I asked them, they said, "No, yeah. really. The, the the only changes that we've done is really just some, you know, softer tuning. You know, we we did enough softer tuning to the to the steering wheel, to the suspension, to the uh, rear diff, and basically that was enough to make a difference. And I even told the engineers, you know, uh, talking to them there, I said, you know, this is what the this is what the M3 should have been, you know, from the from the beginning. That's the car that I would drive, you know. The first one that I drove was good, but I felt like this one, for some reason, it was just significantly better, even though they haven't really improved that much on it. And then, of course, you know, I got a lot of smiles because, you know, they need to start, you know, with not the best, you know, product that they have so they can actually leave some room to add some more models on top of it. And uh, and I told right. them that. Uh, it's, it's hard. 
it's hard to improve on like if you're at the top it's hard like how do you top something that is already exactly. stellar and right? I honestly I felt like on the track it was it was a far more controllable car the rear diff was significantly better. I mean not significantly but it was definitely noticeable compared to the to the base car and the steering was was sharper I mean it was more direct I remember that right sharper like you said you know chunkier heavier and uh, I just had a lot of fun with with that car and um yeah th- at that time I realized that if I was to own an F80 or FM or F82 the uh, CS would be the would be the one I did drive the M4 GTS once for a little bit and I do love the car how was that I mean it's I, mean, I haven't been on track with it, but I know I've, I've talked to Bill Oberlin, for example, years back and some other guys that took it on, on the track. And they said it basically, um, it's, it's a pretty dangerous car. I mean, it will, um, it will, <laughs> it will run under you and you have to be really careful. So it's not easily controllable. But uh, I mean, it was a fun car to drive. It's just not, not a car that I would own as a daily driver. I mean, that's just a car that I think you just have to have before the for the track days. But the M3CS or M4CS, I think the perfect daily drivers, you know, they have enough. Uh, and that's, that's sort of where my, my weak spot is. Like, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with something that, uh, like M has put out that has four doors, looks phenomenal, is lighter, has more power. Um, my, my, mine also has the carbon ceramic brakes oh, you do? and really? the oh, performance right. totally titanium. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that was yeah, loaded. Yeah. We got the CCBs. Oh, completely. Yeah, I mean, that's like completely. a thousand dollar, you know, option or something like that. Five. The CCBs are eighty oh, eight thousand really? two hundred fifty, and the M Performance exhaust is about just f- about five, oh, about five grand. But um, it's really the perfect car in my opinion for for me. But that's I'm saying it's hard to argue with um, four hundred fifty three horsepower, lots of carbon fiber, gorgeous sounding exhaust with the M Performance exhaust. Uh, CCBs and the practicality of a four door. I mean, I consider it to be a super sedan, but that color, those brakes, that exhaust, and the carbon, uh, you know, accessories. It's hard to argue with that. And like, and like you said, you 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 could tell the difference between a base and a comp and the. What CS. kind of interior do you have? They all come with the black interior and silver stone. Yeah, yeah. At least for all the North American ones, actually, every single CS that I've seen has the black and silverstone uh, bicolor. Gotcha. Yeah, um, but they all have the Alcantara. Like any anything that would have potentially been uh, aluminum or uh, carbon fiber on the base or the yeah. competition in the CS, it's all uh, Alcantara. Um, and then, of course, the there there are a few CS specific things. Like there's no uh, center yeah, armrest. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's people complain about yeah, that. But- I can live without that. I I live with it every single day. I I don't mind it at all. Like, yeah, there's something to be said about like leaning on it and kind of doing like a lazy drive. But like, I am driving a CS. I'm not going to do a lazy drive. Like every single time I step behind the wheel, it's going to be like, you know, hit that M1 button, my preferred settings. If somebody wants to play, double tap M2. Let's go. (laughs) See, that's a car to, uh, to use in Germany, you know. I know, one. I know. Well, I did have a chance to take it to the yeah. track. And um, I mean, I know you know that I've been working on my long-term owner review of the M3 yeah, CS for forever. like forever now. But uh, you also know that I'm a perfectionist. I just got to, it's got to have all the bits. So I did just finish editing the track portion and, uh, whoa, it feels, it feels really at home oh, on yeah. the track. What, what tires did you run on? say that. They're the Michelin Pilot Super Sports. So, okay. Did you? That's another you thing that we didn't have the option. No. No. 
really happy yeah. with this. I mean, the Cup Twos were an option in I think any everywhere except North mm-hmm. America. I think I think Europe definitely got the option of the Super Sports or the Cup Twos. Uh, but I live in Washington State, like. Like you can't see right now, but it's gray and kind of cold and wet out there. Like if I had yeah, cup twos on the CS, to, yeah, no, definitely not. That would be a bad. Do you run a uh, winter setup, like a winter tire setup? No, my nope. commando. Yeah, I um. I mean, I'll be afraid, you know, I, honestly, I, yeah. my <laughs> the office is like seven miles away. Damn. I mean, I did take I did take the old M3 one yeah. day when we had snow, and I I feel like I lost a couple years of my general like overall lifespan. Cause I was clenching the yeah. steering wheel so hard, like it was, it was intense. I'm not gonna lie, but I made it. I tried to drive my one M um, once, you know, without a winter uh, setup, and it was nearly impossible. How was that? Yeah. I was literally, <laughs> I was literally drifting on the on the ramp, trying to uh, trying to get out of it because I just couldn't go straight. And um, then I switched over to some winter tires, a couple of winters. Then I stopped driving the car in the winter altogether. So. You're yeah. like, uh, note yeah, to self, just, let's not it, do this It's just again. not worth it because I can really fully enjoy the car and just way too much stress, um, you know, taking yeah. care of that car. But, yeah, no, that's cool. So, um, yeah, the N3CS, honestly, I mean, we talked about this uh, a little bit earlier today that, uh, in my opinion, if I were to have, like, a perfect two-car garage, I would definitely have the M3CS in there and I would add something like an M2CS. You know, that's something that we can tease probably now, too, because we're, we're working on an idea for, like, a video, which uh, would be the ideal two-car uh, two garage. And I think I think we both agree that those would be pretty cool. I will not disagree with you. Yeah, I mean, the M2CS, yeah, wink, I, I know you haven't driven it yet, but the, the <laughs> M2CS, it's, it's, truly a, it's truly a fantastic car. And I think, you know, you can use the M3CS, you know, practicality and, you know, daily commute. And then if you want to have even more fun than the M2CS, it would be perfect. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to argue, right? I mean, like, yeah, you have the practicality of four doors; it's slightly bigger. What what is there not to like of taking what is, or many would consider like BMW M perfection, the CS line, and putting it in a smaller package? I mean, yeah, the M2 has already kind of garnered um, like a, a cult following with how you know a lot of people are, are, are calling it the you know spiritual successor to what the E30 yeah. was, right? Small, powerful, nimble. Um, short wheelbase. Yeah, they definitely nailed that one. I think it's one of their best products they've done in a very long time. Absolutely nailed it. I mean, the M2 competition when it came out, it was like kind of like at that time I said it was like the perfect BMW. Basically, there was yeah. really nothing wrong with that car, and um, I'm pretty sure the next generation will be just as good, having the new engine and all of that. I mean, we we are living in exciting times. Like, there's no shortage of exciting cars. I feel like on the road, and yes, a lot of people want every car to be exciting, but like companies still need to sell the cars that make the yeah. money in order to be able to invest some money into like the skunk works, into the enthusiasts. Yeah, I mean, Porsche does, right? I mean, you, if you look at Porsche, they sell a lot yeah. of large and unexciting cars. I mean, they're still quite cool to drive, but you know, Macans and Cayennes and all of that. Yeah. In order to make the GT3 and all these cars that any, anyone agrees they're, you know, really good cars. Yeah, I mean, you're not selling GT3 RSs uh, to exactly. everyone, right? You have to sell what what uh, what the public are buying, and and right now, you know, SUVs, both small, medium, and large SUVs, are uh, for a lot of companies bread the bread and butter of their primary income. Yeah. Uh, and I'm okay with that as long as you know there's there's also like a side division department that's like hi we we need a couple billion to invest in this uh, you know the CSL or whatever yeah. right no I mean I'm okay with that yeah I mean it's 
every every business has to have some products that make money and then you, you got to have those special products that you you know that benefit from that and i think you know the x5m x6m are definitely those products that help the company you know generate enough revenue to build those cars and then you have the m performance automobile division which means you know the m340i m3 m440i and all these cars that basically generate a lot of revenue as well and being able to build you know full-on m products and uh I think I'm okay with that too. As long as from time to time we get some special cars, like you know, I mean, we you already mentioned the, the CSL. We already kind of know that there is a CSL in works, uh, either one or two. We don't know that for sure yet, but but at least one one M M3 M4 CSL will be coming out probably in the last next year. I think they're celebrating 50 years of M, so it doesn't get better than that. I think that would be a good yeah. yeah that would be a good I'm, time. I'm, right? Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure that'll be. A, I mean, they also have a CS so. They have a CS, so they're going to have now, you know, M3, M3CS, and M3CSL or M4CSL, one of the two, so it'll be three cars. Speaking of CS, the M5CS recently has broken ground, right? Yes, I mean, I, uh, mean, I think they're starting deliveries right now. I saw uh, a few people taking delivery of that car. Uh, I think we'll be driving the car soon. I'm kind of excited. I, I wish it was on, on the track because I drove the M5 competition on the track in Ascari, Spain, which uh, was a pretty cool track. But the M5, you poor I, thing, uh, you poor like, thing. You must have hated that. Oh no! Good, good times, you know, <laughs> 2018, 19. I even know what it was. Yeah. so far back. But yeah, the M5CS. I think uh, from what I from what I saw, from what I read, uh, absolutely fantastic. I'm waiting for BMW M2 to release the um, the Nurburgring times, the Nordschleife. Uh-huh. They, I, I, I think they've they've done some fantastic things there, and the reason why. Uh, I believe that is one because I've heard through the grapevine, and then second of all, they wouldn't put a Nurburgring map on the headrest if there wasn't a, you know, a record yeah. to be broken on the track or something like that. Absolutely agree. I mean, and and again, BMW has a lot of history with the Nurburgring, especially with the Nordschleife. I mean, they have a dedicated M test facility that is literally right. like walking just right right there, um, and that that says a lot about a brand right when when they have a dedicated facility there to to put the cars through the paces and, and gather all the te- telemetry data and, and improve but like you said you would you don't put the nordschleife on a headrest unless you feel like some sort of Confident, achievement yeah. has been and yeah yeah i'm yeah. i'm sure they will release some some of that and i think some of the german publications probably get the cars to go to their own testing and i think the only one that um, had access to the car was either auto build or sport auto i don't remember but they had a chance to drive a prototype m5cs and probably some crazy time so i'm now just waiting for the official bmw times which i think will be spectacular yeah and now the question is would you get it in the frozen uh gray or the frozen green, green? so you get the green the green I go back to the story on the green color so a few years back um Domagoj Dukic, the head of design for BMW M, were at the uh, LA Auto Show, and they showed the uh, M8 Grand Coupe first edition. I uh, don't remember the color name. Diamond, green maybe? Maybe, maybe diamond. Actually, diamond with a T. And um, I asked him that time, I said, you know, how about we get some more green colors? And he's like, you know, just wait. You know, there'll be a lot more green colors. So apparently green was in, and a lot mm-hmm. of automakers were starting to actually build those green cool colors and they did say that time it was years back three years ago probably they said you know we're going to see some more so i definitely love that green uh, frozen i frozen colors it's it, it's always a tricky one right if you if you have a you know cover garage you know and all of that and you can be like inside parking i think it's fine 
I wouldn't feel comfortable leaving yeah. that car outside in like snow. If you live in California, it probably doesn't matter. But in Chicago, like having it in snow and all this crappy weather, I wouldn't do it. It would be too much maintenance on that car, so it would worry me a little bit. But it's a fantastic color. I mean, honestly, it's one of the best looking colors. And with those, with the, with the satin yeah, gold, yeah. also kind of it matte finish perfect, accents. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't yell like it doesn't yell at all. It's not very considering. It's the most powerful lamb that's ever been like put on the road. It doesn't really yell exactly, but it's got that presence. You know, it's got like if you know what it is, you're like mm, exactly. You know, and without sounding like a fanboy, you know, um, I I think BMW has always has always nailed colors. I think I, I, they've always done great colors, iconic colors. Some of them stuck around for decades. And I think when it comes to colors and wheels, I think BMW has done a fantastic job. So, fully agreed. Fully. Agreed. I mean, there's there. I mean, legend, yeah. legend. It's 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 like Hellroth red. You have Laguna you know Seca. Laguna Seca yeah. blue, like Phoenix yeah, yeah. yellow, San Marino. I mean, I'm a little bit biased. It's beautiful. On I San think Marino, it, but... it made its debut on the M5. I think. I think it was an M5 color first. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 and the wheels like um, I'm sorry, but like the the E46 CSL wheels, like yeah. to this day, that's like top three wheel design in my yeah. opinion. Hard to beat. Like I would, I would, if I could, I'd buy at least one and just kind of convert it into a coffee table if I could, and just kind of have mm-hmm. it just sit there so I could just stare at it every single day. It's it's speaking gorgeous. of the E46 M3 CSL, I have a friend in California, in Florida. Sorry. And uh, he knows a couple of people that actually have an uh, E46 M3 CSL in the U.S. Yeah, so real yeah, so I'm actually uh, supposed to get in touch with them to kind of do a story on it and talk more about that car. Yeah, and there is one. In, there is not one in Mexico, I think, that he knows about. So there are a few in North America too. So um, I kind of, I mean, he actually said it. You know, uh, if I was to go down there in Florida, I might be able to get a quick drive in the uh, E46 M3 CSL, which would be you poor and, thing uh, once I mean, again. Honestly, you, you could go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see i'm still working i have a full-time yeah, job you know how it is but yeah so um so speaking uh, yeah. of the m3 so behind me you have the um what is it uh, is it M4? yeah look at the that. M4? see i i had, I had to move to the side to see it um that's actually the it's in the toronto red toronto it looks red, like but that's the keith edition so that's the one uh, they, they did oh. with the um uh, boutique you know clothing company in new york right 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 like ridiculously low numbers, right? Yeah, now. very few, I think. And and the owner, um, Turlisan, and the owner, uh, Ronnie Fig, he actually ordered um, a couple of them, actually. So one one red, one black. Actually, no, they actually, I think there are three colors coming out. He has one that's special just to him, but then there's another collection coming out um, with three different colors. I think he ordered all three, so I'm kind of excited to see when those get delivered. It'll be quite, quite interesting. I would, too, if I yeah, could. Exactly, yeah. Might as well. I mean, yeah, I think the show car, given the the show car was fully like you know Keith branding, you know the interior and all of that. But the, I think the ones that come out there, they don't have that Keith branding everywhere, and you can actually order what you mm-hmm. want. So, um, so there will be uh, there will be some cool ones coming out. But yeah, so what do you think about the car? So I'm actually I probably count myself amongst uh, we could argue the minority. Uh, I, I, I. I like the front end. I know that that's the thing that everyone is sort of like that in the addition, like an extra weight. Um, the first off, I just want to start out that I just want to state that I think um, like design and opinions on design. Um, it, it's like, it's like you saying um, you like uh, pineapple pizza. Never tried one actually. Yeah. Well, let's just, just say you did. Let's just say you did. 
And then I go, ha, that, that's lame. How could you like pineapple pizza? You're like, I like pineapple pizza. I don't know. I, I, I had some. I enjoyed it. It's, I, can't, I can't help what I like, right? Uh, so, you know, there, there's like an old saying. It's like personal tastes shouldn't be discussed. Like there's, there's, no, there's no poking individual personal tastes. Like people like what they like. People, you know, have certain sense of style. They, have, they, they see something. Uh, they, some people see beauty. Other people see a beast, yeah. I, I, I look at this and like off the bat, I want to say, you know, I don't judge people's personal tastes in design or fashion or, you know, food choices. Mm-hmm. I see the G80 and the G82 and I actually like it. I think it's a lot, it's way out there. It is definitely out there. There's some precedent um, in like tall vertical kidney grills from BMW from the past. Nothing tied to like nothing as close to these dimensions, but I think it's pretty avant-garde. I think it's pretty out there. I think it's, it's very aggressive and mean looking. I like the way the kidney grill sort of like flows into the hood sculpt. Uh, There are no vents. That's just like, yeah, it's sculpt. It's a sculpted design element. Um, And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind having a frozen, I don't know what it's called. Frozen white? Is yeah, there is a frozen white. white yeah, like, there, is a, there is a frozen white. There is a mineral white, which is frozen also. But there is a frozen white, too. I personally wouldn't mind seeing one of those fully decked out with all the in-performance parts in carbon fiber with that nice black and white mm-hmm. contrast. I think a lot of people will say that it looks better in a darker yeah, that's, color. that's my opinion, yeah. Which, yeah, which, um, you know, would sort of play into it hiding the kidney grill yeah, a little exactly, bit better. Yeah. But I actually like it. I, I and I am a fan of their approach of how much customization they're starting to offer uh, the end user, like and the colors as well. I think uh, BMW M's decision to offer like custom wheels, uh, special colors, a lot more frozen options, uh, and really go bold with the interior. Um, some there's some crazy color options that you can get, like the neon and the yas blue, uh, that orange. I mean. You know, I I work on Halo, so yeah. like green is special to me because Master mm-hmm. Chief. Um, but like seeing Isle of Man green with that orange interior, that punchy contrast, like that that kind of that. And some people like the subtlety. Like some people like I'm just going to take you know a black M, uh, kind of incognito, kind of yeah. under the radar a little bit, and you know blow someone's doors off that way. And there's other people that are like, no, I'm going to go Isle of Man green, orange interior. I'm going to get custom and performance wheels with like Mm -hmm. neon pinstriping. What I want to just put pause on and step back and say, can we just appreciate these options? The variety, the fact that as a consumer, if you are willing to spend the money, you can build your, you know, dream M or your dream car OEM from the factory now. You you can do that. You want to go subtle? You can. You want to go crazy? You can do that too. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm a fan. And and yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the CSL in the M4 and the CS in the M3 personally. We'll, we'll see if it's if the attraction is strong enough to pull me away from M Chief 2.0. Yeah, and we sh- you we'll actually see. did a video for people that don't, don't know on our YouTube channel and on yours as well. There is a YouTube um, a video comparison that you did with the um, F80 and then the new M3 and M4. 
so people can go watch yeah. it and see the differences. Now, going back to the grill, I mean, I've talked about this so many times that you know it's kind of old news to me right now. I've been talking about this, but it's, it's yeah, tiring, I've been talking yeah. about. I mean, sure, I've been talking about this for the last two years because I kind of knew that was coming, so um, I was getting ready for it. But um, I, I have to poke fun of BMW a little bit because they um, they're trying to sell this story, like you said, with the you know upright large grill. We've done it before, and I'm like, yes, you've done it such a long time ago that doesn't even count. So I think they should just come out and say, you know. The real reason we wanted to be bold, right? We wanted to deliver a bold card, very different. We've been criticized for many years that we're just doing evolutionary designs versus revolutionary. So for the first time, we're kind of like, you know, scraping what we had before. So we're doing something bold and new, and that's our take on it. And, you know, um, you know, let's see let's see how it does. Let's see how, how the sales are. But we feel confident about what we did. And like you said, you know, uh, St- uh, actually, styling is subjective, and I'm, I'm using this phrase quite a bit because I actually got it from a BMW designers, the guy that did the M2, <laughs> and so um, uh, Hussein Alatar, um, great guy, actually, uh, he did the M2, uh, M2 competition, and the X6, and a bunch of other cars. And we've we've always talked, you know, uh, during interviews, and he always said, you know, um, styling is subjective, but at the same time, the design can be quite good. So you can have like a really well-designed car like the 6 Series GT, which based on the specs that you have, you designed that car to the best of your abilities and with, within those constraints, but at the same time, you might not like the styling. That doesn't mean the design is not correct, that you're having the right crease, the right angles, the right message in it. It's just the styling that you might not like. And so he said the same thing about the... Uh, uh, you know the new car said you know it's it's the styling right the car doesn't mean it's it's badly done i mean it's definitely an aggressive and good looking not it, it's it's an aggressive and dynamic car but the, the good looking part comes from your own perspective so i think yeah. it comes down to that but then of course you know every every person has a right to like something or not like something and of course the I think the controversy is bigger than ever. Probably goes back to the Bengal days, you know, uh, with, with the controversy. And it's actually oh, yeah. even more because now you have these platforms or you can express your opinion far easier than before. I mean, we're talking 20 years ago. There was no way for you to tell people that the E65 series or the 7 series, you, you know, uh, they're not to your liking. There was no venue to do that, you know, just more like offline feedback, right? But now it's 100%. like... It's or, or you go on a forum, yeah, you know, and you just kind of like... Yeah, but, even, just, even the forums, they don't like forums. Don't even compare to the power of social media today, and the power of having a voice, and the power of having like even a podcast talking about it, or having a clubhouse, or whatever you want to have. You can actually just, you know, build an opinion out of out of anything into a lot of things. A thousand percent. Yeah, so, thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, like grab your phone, go exactly. go live, and just just. They're definitely go, able you know? to influence more people. You know, uh, the consumers today, and I think that's what BMW is paying attention more and more. How is that going to play out? I don't know. I'm, I know that I'm going to chat with them on this topic, you know, soon, and I'm going to try to kind of bring some of the feedback that I've learned and kind of get some more answers on, on on the things. But the bottom line is they can't really change anything. So this is the product. I, people are people are hoping that the facelift is going to bring something, you know, different. I don't think so. I just don't see BMW going back and retracting and changing the front. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah, if you do a life cycle impulse and you change the car that is still within that same generational segment too yeah. drastically, you're essentially saying, wrong. "Oopsie!" Yeah, exactly. and, it, and, it's, and Oopsie. it's okay to do that, you know, to say yeah. I was wrong. But I just it wouldn't make a lot of sense to change this. If you if you went down this road, let's see how this plays out. And you said that some people, and the most people might dislike it. I actually every poll that I've ran on Instagram and and Facebook, 
granted it's a small subset of the you know you know customer base and all sure. of that when i even be yeah. the whole customer base but let's say you know we reached you know a few thousand people tens of thousands hundreds of thousands and every poll that i made was pretty much 50-50 split like you know hate it or love it so i'm not sure what to make of that i think so that's something you you bring something really interesting up the, the thing about um a complaining is that how many people actually uh let's let's say go online and purchase a product it arrives at home and they are super super pleased with it how many people then drop everything go online and then write a a review that they are so happy with the product not not the negative reviews that come up it's the negative reviews it's the people that are not happy with something that usually make a lot of noise and there's, I'm not saying there's, there's something inherently wrong with that. I'm just saying that that is sort of the natural like progression of things. If, like, if I'm happy with something, I'm happy with it. If I'm not happy with it, I'm going to go make lots of noise. So a lot of times like that is what surfaces more exactly. often is, is the, the, the negativity. Um, and again, there's nothing wrong with expressing your personal opinion um, within reason. Exactly. Right? I mean, it, I, I've seen people like, you know, criticize people's uh like opinions yeah. like that again that that's what i'm saying like personal opinions should not be uh poked yeah. at or criticized because or or discussed yeah, exactly. and from a journalistic perspective and press perspective media i think i was actually absolutely surprised how many positive reviews the car received from a driving perspective and everything else aside yeah. from the kinning grill which clear that's the one thing that everybody focuses on Everybody loved the car. I mean, even the overall design, you know, the rear, all of that. And looking back at the F80 and F82, there were so many complaints about the car when it came out. Journalists were like, you know, complaining about the steering. Some of them complaining about the lean mode, like on the track and all of that. But isn't that always the case with every single gen- every single new generational car that comes out? There's always going to be like really loud voices that are going to be like, no, no, just yeah. no, this is not good. And then you fast forward two to three years and now it's they're like beloved, yeah, right? And then the new generation comes out, right? Uh, this is this is this is terrible. Um, then you fast forward two, three years after that, and it's really it's really interesting to see how people like the oh, the previous generation is always the beloved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Pretty much happens. I mean, a few exceptions like the five GT and six GT. <laughs> it's it's still got a, a a cult following right i mean like the people that drive those like yeah. love them right? i think i'm only complaining with so the m3 and m4 really that i have and now granted i didn't have extensive track time actually just actually not even a bit of track time but uh it wasn't a, it wasn't a, to the extent where i could really you know tell you know what the car can do but basically um i feel like the, the car it's heavy and I understand why, so I can un- I understand the reasons behind it and all of that. But it definitely, you know, the car is heavier than before. It, of course, it makes up for it with, uh, you know, more powerful engine and all of that, and the chassis and everything else. But it definitely got heavier. So, you know, in in their defense, a little bit, I know that they they have to kind of work, and based on new new requirements, they come from the customers, come from regulations, from pedestrian safety, and all of that. So the cars get a little bit heavier due to the standard equipment and all these, you know, adaptive drives and autonomous driving features and everything else. Then on top of that, you gotta add some more, you know, uh, structure or to the chassis for, you know, uh, crash tests and everything else. So they do get a little bit heavier. And I think in the end, 
the M3NM for customer has changed quite a bit. I think the customer wants a, a lot more in their car. They more and more they want a more versatile car than before. They don't want a track tool, and I think that's what BMW is offering right now compared to let's say a Porsche GT3, which is really for the enthusiast. It's not a it's not a mass market car. Well, you you try to go to Costco in the way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Try to go to Costco. Exactly. So the way um, the, it's an issue. Yeah, right? no, I, I thousand percent agree. Super agree. Yeah, that's. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. Like people, when they spend 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 grand on a car, they want it to be multi purpose. They want it to be that Swiss Army knife. They want all wheel drive. They want, you know, more power, bigger engine, bigger engine, higher speeds, higher speeds, bigger brakes, bigger brakes. It, it's not it's not like oh let's just take this one thing and and you know it'll be fine or let's just add this one thing like it, it's it's a sort of holistic approach on when you build a car, build a car right that things go hand in hand uh, more power bigger engine bigger engine mounts weight this all you know I want massaging seats I want heated seats I want cooled seats I want you know storage space yeah. I want I want all the things those all cost weight. And so, um, yeah, then you go back to like, oh, we added some more weight. We got to, we got to increase the power on the engine. Right. And so, and it's just kind of like this cycle and, uh, ideally, you know, our cars weigh, you know, uh, sub, you know, 2000 pounds and produce, uh, you know, 500 horsepower and have all wheel drive and, uh, seats that, uh, you know, read you audio books, but it's not going to happen. Like there's, there's, um, you know, there's, there's a, a Venn diagram that uh, like uh, of things that like work together and uh, yeah, it's heavier. Right. But like, what was your impression while driving it? Did you, did you feel that weight? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to answer that question in one second, but I want to say the other thing that I see all the time online, I read a lot of comments every day. That's part of my job. I don't know. I just spend a lot of time reading comments, but sometimes people unfairly criticize the German engineers. Oh, they were unable to do this. They couldn't do this. They could have done a better job. I, I can tell you from my experience talking to these guys for the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Yeah. They're extremely capable, super smart people. Some of them have been with the company for decades. Some of them are new and smart. These guys can build anything, honestly. If they have the freedom, they can build you whatever car you want. But unfortunately, there are, some, there, there are still a lot of constraints that need to be, uh, they need to be worked within you know, from pricing and all, and all these things that I mentioned before. So sure, yeah. it's, I can, you can't really say that a, a German company does not have good engineering. I mean, you look at the BMW, Mercedes, Porsche, Audi, these companies can build amazing products. You look at Mercedes, what they do in yeah. F1, right? I mean, they're just innovating all the time and doing everything else. So they have the capability to do anything. It just, the fact is that they just can sometimes because they just have to work with some, uh, basic requirements. There's a framework, yeah. right? There's like a certain yeah. framework and, and like expectation within, within. So yeah, so then yeah, so exactly. some, uh, yeah, so it's it's unfair to criticize those guys, especially uh, I've met quite a few of them, and some of them take it a little bit personal because they're not used to this type of feedback, and you know sometimes, but you have to tell them, you know, you've you've done a good job, you know, and that, and you know, the car is really good. They're actually happy once you drive the car. They come up to you and say, you know, what did you think of it? And you can tell if you tell us, if you tell them something positive, they're like, oh wow, they like. You know, they, they actually love it. You know, they feel like they've done their job right. So, I mean, who yeah, wouldn't, exactly. right? I mean, Rachel, how many, how many years, how many sleepless exactly. nights, how many Stress, like numbers, all that. All, all that. Like, I mean, it's, it's a pride it's, to see your it's car like like anything. on the road. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, honestly, if I was an engineer or a designer and I would see my car every day being driven by other, by other guys, that would be that would be the highlight of my career. I don't even have to do anything else. They'll be like, yep, that's it. I'm done. You know, this is this is good enough for me. 
So uh, some of those guys have multiple cars. I mean, I've met different engineers that had they've been head of projects for different cars. You know, from they go from an X5 to an M series, and then they go to I, and they do everything, not just one product. So they actually <laughs> they rotate quite a bit to have that experience. You know, move from one department to an, yeah. to another. So yeah, so oh yeah, so that's um that's that. And then uh, yeah, my experience. I mean, um, it's it's heavier. I haven't pushed the car to any limits. Honestly, I drove the car in Florida. I was kind of flat. So I even said that in my review that I did not push the car to the limit. I can't really tell. I know Chuck drove the car uh, at the Performance Center, so we're going to find out more about that. But from my perspective, yes, a little bit heavier. Uh, would I notice it in daily driving? No. Uh, will you notice it like on the track? Probably. But then again, depends how good of a driver you are. I'm a decent driver, but I'm not a guy that will push it all to the to the tenth of a second, you know. So You're not you're not Chris Harris? Uh, oh I'm better than Chris for sure. I, I, okay. Yeah, for sure. No like no doubt about it. <laughs> but no, I t- actually talked to Bill Oberlin. I was in the car with him filming and asking what he thinks about the car. You know, it was more like offline, so I knew that he was honest and all of that. And he loved the car. I mean he said, you know, it's a very capable car. You know, he did say that it feels a bit nose heavy and all of that, and he expected that. But he said it's super capable, and uh, and he liked it. So uh, the true test will be when I go like on the track and do a lot of um, uh, a lot of laps. And I think that's what I wanted to do with Chuck. So when Chuck went to the performance center, I said, you know, let's get an F80 or an F82, and which not sure which one we got to do a back-to-back drive. So basically, now it's all fresh in your mind. We we drove on the same yeah, track, yeah. same conditions, of course, maybe different PSI and all of that. But now you have the two to compare, you know, back-to-back. And um, there will be a video coming out on that, so there'll be some good some good stuff to share there. So that's a, that's a good comparison nice, because nice. now you can really, you know, compare the two generations side by side, not just design but performance too. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, and, and memory memory is a funny thing. Like we again, that's why looking back, the the previous generation is always going to be like a darling. Um, you know, I don't know. Like I'm, I work in the gaming industry, so like playing an old game or thinking about an old game, like ah, oh, yeah, it was such a. The graphics were incredible. Like the gameplay mechanics were fantastic, right? And then you pick up the controller and you play that game and you're like, wow, this doesn't look the way I remember it. It doesn't feel the way I remember it. Exactly. Uh, memory is a funny yeah. thing. No. But doing back-to-back comparisons, actually, that, that is really cool. So I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah, seeing nice, that. Yeah. I mean, it'll be uh, for regular customers, I think it'll be uh, an M Tour, an M Drive Tour from what, I, from what I heard. I'm not sure if it's official or not, but I've heard it'll be kind of a caravan of you know, BMW going from region to region, not... I don't know how many cities, but they're doing these drives where customers can sign up to go drive the car on the autocross or track. It depends yes. on what they have. So I think yes. anybody that wants to uh, experience the car, I think they should go and, and try them for like for themselves. See so see how they feel about them, and you know, then they decide if the kidney grill it's a it's a hurdle in the buying process or not. But they they should at least drive the car because I think they will notice the difference in that. I mean, I DCT is gone. Um, yeah, it's. Eight speed auto. Yeah, eight speed auto. I mean, then again, yes, I would love a DCT. Yes, I get it. Why they couldn't put it in any anymore in all this uh, uh, emission regulations and everything else and the development of you know to keep up with the new engines. But um, yeah, the the eight speed auto. It's 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 a really good uh, transmission. The DCT would always be special, right? The same way the manual is. So that's the way it is. Yes, I mean, I would have loved that. If you want a DCT, just get the M2 competition or M2 CS and call it a day and, you know, get the M3, M4 for something else then. But the today's speed auto is still perfect. I mean, it was so sharp to shift, you know, and it gets better and better from every from every generation. 
there's something to be, like, I, I feel like, honestly, I'm really excited for this thing. I mean, it's not official just yet, but like, there's really something to be said that's quite special about the M2CS because it, it's, uh, it's sort of in this like weird Goldilocks zone right now where, uh, it's, it's got the F87 design language. It's got, uh, the DCT transmission or manual, which I'm a little bit peeved at BMW M for not offering the M3CS with a manual option. They were only ever created with DCTs. But there's something to be said about the F87 M2CS with a DCT or manual uh, with the F87 design language and having it be like a special car, like a CS, right? Um, being able to kind of experience that and I want to say lock it down and say like, this is going to be a future classic, but depending on what your stance is on the new G8X platform, um, you may find yourself looking at the F80, F82, M3, M4 CS, or the F87, M2 CS as sort of like BMW M's last um, sort of hurrah before they went into this new sort of design language that, uh, you know, is controversial. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of... Kind of the thing with the M3, M4. It's a topic that we've talked about so many times that uh, I think uh, yeah. it's been beaten to death. But um, I think the more and more customers will get the car, will kind of hear some different opinions as well. And at the end of the day, honestly, like, you know what's going to tell us whether it's been successful or not? Is uh, BMW's uh, sales records. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll... Like, are people, like, people vote with their pocketbooks, and that's always been the case. Like, hey, if I don't like something, I'm not going to go out and buy it. Like, it's like, why would you? Exactly. Uh, that that's at the end of the day, that's going to tell us whether this has been a successful uh, design approach or if it has been less than stellar exactly, uh, and not very well received. Right. That, that's what's going to speak. Right. People vote with their pocketbooks. And if you think the kidney grill, it's uh, it is is a big topic today, a controversy. Wait till all the M products go fully electric then. Then to see the <laughs> the know, whole world is just going to implode. The world is just going to so implode. I like, think I think we should be, you know, in some way, grateful that we still have those cars, you know, today, because I don't think there will be a lot of you know new cars coming out with you know gasoline or diesel engines in the next decade, and uh, the conversation will be significantly different back then. We're going to stop talking about exhausts and sounds and performance <laughs> and. And yeah, we're going to start yeah. just talking about, does your version make that zippy <laughs> exactly. noise, that whiz, zip, so, whatever, like, electric yeah, wine so noise? If you think that now, it, you know, it's, it's going to be a different ball game. And I'm pretty sure, based on BMW's life cycle of products, I'm pretty sure they're already working on products like that. I have no doubt they're, they're, far, they're far into the plans of building electric M cars. Any any self-respecting company that plans on having a future in the automotive sector, if they're not currently, uh, you know, researching or investigating electric power, they're possibly five to ten years already behind the ball. Exactly. The question is, how are you going to review cars? I mean, I'm, I've been thinking this about, uh, about this topic the other day. Like, let's say, you know, ten, ten, 10 years from now, you have an M3, M4, you have a... a C63 AMG, and then you have the Audi products from the RS line. Mm -hmm. How are you going to review them? How are you going to compare them? Because now you're going to ignore the engine sound, the, the, uh, the exhaust and all of that. 
and then you're gonna just compare straight line performance. I mean, there will be some decent or probably good driving dynamics on the track too, but. So I, I think I've seen a video, and that's a great question. I've seen a, a video, I think it was by Car Wow, where they awesome. took, um, yeah, yeah, they took the, the, the Taycan, and I think they had the, I think they had a Tesla as well, and um, I think there was a third product, I don't remember, this was a while ago. Um, and they did, you know, they have their airstrip, yeah, and they okay. do like 0 to 60, 0 to 100, they have the rolling one as well. Um I already know what I'm gonna do. I'll make for my for my reviews when I cut to the exhaust portion, it's gonna be a joke. That's gonna be a joke segment for sure. It's gonna be like, listen. Ah, excellent. And then we'll cut to the interior driving, like driving impressions. I think when it uh, that's a good question. Sound, I think uh, BMW has done a brilliant move by signing uh, Hans Zimmer. You know, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar winning. Yeah, know, music like producer. any movie you see, you're like, ah. Oh, the, the the soundtrack is incredible. Who is it? Who is it by? Why do you have exactly. to ask? It's by the same guy that does all the good exactly. audio. Like, cool. so that'll be that'll be interesting to see uh, what what he does with some of the engine uh, with some of the car sounds. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think reviews will start to focus more on you know efficiency, right? Is the car efficient? Is it you know you're gonna go on the track? How many laps can you do with an M3 versus a C63 AMG? You know, and yeah. I'm calling it now. I'm yeah. calling it now. It's gonna be. <laughs> One of the segments, one of the key segments, is like which car charges oh, yeah, faster for sure. Absolutely, that's that's so right. important. Quick that's charge. extremely important. So that'll be a that'll be a huge deal actually. The charging capabilities. So that'll be number two for sure. Driving range will always be a, a key component of those reviews. Even though when you have super fast charging, you don't really have to worry much about mm. that. But I think that's kind of come down. And then of course, I think there will be comparison that will focus on the on the driving dynamics because uh, there's, they're, they're going to focus quite a bit on that on how to balance the car with the battery packs in there and how to make yeah. the cars not be too heavy because that's the, that's the, that's the issue, right? You're taking out the engines yep. and a bunch of other things, but you have to put those battery packs and they're quite heavy today still. Hopefully by that time, you know, five to 10 years, uh, they will be more compact and they will be able to do more with less. So then that, yeah. but um, yeah, it will be, Super interesting. I mean, even from my perspective as a journalist, I think it'll be quite interesting to see that. And I already love electric cars, so to me, it's not a, it's not a huge shift to uh, review that. So, although I'm gonna, I am gonna admit, I, I think um, <clears throat> sort of driving a driving experience involves multiple things. It involves G forces. It involves like steering input, like how much in control of the vehicle you are, how far you can push yourself and your capabilities, and I, you know. I'm not gonna uh, shy around it. The audio or the sonic experience of like hearing an exhaust, hearing an engine rev, um, that is a, a big experience uh, or, or, or a key critical like sort of experience that a driver uh, absorbs while they're behind the wheel. And I think driving a manual is also part of that, right? Like you can, like there's there's no question that a DCT or an automatic is faster than uh, than a manual. Like I hope that no one is watching that still believes that. Like oh no, manual because like no no no, you can. It is totally okay to be you know save the manual. I love the manual. I you know like the the first M3 that I that I ordered was a manual and that was like my dream car. But to to lose that right to lose uh, that shifting input you're no longer engaging with the gears to lose the audio from the exhaust right from the engine 
um, it feels a lot more sterile. It feels a lot more sort of isolated. And um, it's going to be interesting, like I said, to see what the shift will be from a, um, you know, reviewer standpoint, from a, from a automotive press person. What am I going to focus on? Like my traditional, like, recipe for what a car review is or should be is now turned upside down right i'm not doing exhaust comparisons we're not listening to the engine we're not you know comparing uh cabin interior noise right i mean yeah sure you could still do that but now it's just like wind right and maybe some like uh you know it's it's different it's it's going to be a different world and uh i'm curious to see how it's going to evolve because it will. Yeah, I mean, cabin There's technology no doubt about will it. play a huge role, and it has been playing a huge role the last few years as well. Um, you'd be surprised how many people are excited about, you know, updates to the iDrive system, to the app. Last week, I got a bunch of emails on Monday uh, from people asking me, where is the update for the for the BMW or my BMW app on Android and iPhone? They were supposed to release it that day. It was like noon, and there was no update out. And I was like, wow, people really care. So I actually emailed BMW in North America. And I said, you know, when is the app coming out? Because people really care about this, you know. And uh, I think technology inside the car will be one of the key factors in the future for people buying a car. And I think it will be a huge competitive, you know, um, segment there and how to build a perfect interior car for the future and embed all this new tech and smart cities and everything else. So that's, um, if I was an engineer or a software developer working for a car company, I think it's, those are exciting times for any, any, for anyone to be just to innovate, right? Have a lot of innovation and come up with some cool things that nobody really thought about it yet. Yeah. I'm just seeing now, I'm seeing the, the G80 and the G82 considered uh, classic, classic cars. Twenty years. I mean, Honestly, I think a lot of the gasoline-powered cars or diesel, they'll be classics in the future. When, once people realize that they're only building electric cars, and now you want to be, you want to, you want to go back in time, or go back to the future. <laughs> it's mean, a, it's, know. it's, it's a romantic notion, honestly. Like I remember, this reminds me of um, is one like the old school Jeremy Clarkson Top Gear uh, yeah. era episodes and it was the season ender it was like the last episode in in one of their seasons and i don't know if you remember but he was driving an aston martin uh uh it was a, it was a v12 db, DB something. something rather yeah sure and um there was it was it was very very like uh, angelic music there was a lot of exhaust noises. There was uh, not very much talking on his behalf, which was rare because Jeremy Clarkson doesn't like to talk at all. Uh, but there was a lot of talking on his behalf, and it was just very angelic music, and it was very, very pretty scenery. And then he would ask the question, was like, so you're probably wondering what it, what it drives like. How do you think? It's a, it's a V12 Aston. Um, the the whole message, like the spirit of the, the message is like, this is a gem of a car and it will be one of the considered one of the greats because it's a V twelve Aston Martin. And you have to understand that eventually this is going to be a dinosaur. And you will not hear these things and you will not see these things anymore because um the world is changing. And this was before like um I think Tesla sort of exploded and um, became the the hit that it has become. Uh, 
and looking back now, I find myself a lot in that. Like you see and you hear and you read about like AMG going four cylinder only. Yeah. Which is like, wow. Yeah, I kind of wonder if they, Same they thing, right? to BMW. Oh my God. Four cylinder yeah. only? Are you kidding? Yeah. Four four cylinder only plus hybrid? Four cylinder plus the Kinnig grill. That would have been the, the, plus the, the, the killer <laughs> combo on the M3 and 4. I, I can hear it now. Yeah. I can hear it now. Yeah. People all over the world just yeah. screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I think uh, our kids and grandkids are probably going to be. Uh, saying to us in 20 years like how could you drive a gasoline can't believe your cars used yeah, to touch the ground there is noise coming Ew. out of that or i can't believe there, there are exhaust yeah. fumes coming out of that car you you guys are ruining the planet all of that so yeah 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 it's, it's, yeah. it's a huge generation shift um, you know customers cars and everything else but um yeah let's so let's go back a little bit to you i don't want to keep it too long but tell me what um oh that's uh, fine why this love for BMW cars and how did it start? What was your first BMW? Like, tell me a little bit about that because you're definitely a BMW guy. I mean, some guys are, you know, Audi and Mercedes and BMW. There's no loyalty, but you're definitely a BMW guy. I, I am definitely a BMW guy. I mean, I love cars in general, um, but that's a good question. It's it's a long answer. I'll try to condense it. Yeah. So thanks for asking. Um, it all started with my grandfather, right? Like my grandfather... Um, he was a mechanic at his core and he would buy busted up cars, you know, a lot of Hondas, a lot of Toyotas, um, back in the eighties and, uh, fix them and then flip them, right? He broken cars, fixed, sold. Uh, and I was raised by my grandparents and, you know, I would uh, be asked to, to help by holding a flashlight, you know, by getting this uh, screwdriver, getting that wrench. And when you're around cars every single day, you know, and, and you, you, you help around, you can't help but pick up on that sort of world and, and fall in love with uh, nuts and bolts and parts and intakes and radiators and gaskets. And, you know, uh, we have to go to the junkyard because we have to replace the shifter. This one, you know, and you go there and you, you go to the junkyard and you're walking around and like as a kid, you're looking around and like these cars and it's just a crazy, crazy cool world. Um, so Growing around, growing up around that sort of uh, in that environment, you you can't help but get into cars. And uh, eventually, my grandfather got a nineteen eighty three 733i black, and um, he brought it home. And I looked at it, and I just fell in love with it. I was like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life." It was. It was, it was luxurious. It was mean. It was, I mean, it was black. So it had this like kind of, I want to say gangster vibe about it. Not like, you know, gang, but like night, like old school, you know, like vibe about it. And um, like the guy, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It had that going. Uh, and I kind of fell in love with it. And I remember the, the, the seat was heated and that blew my mind electric heated seat and uh, the fuse kept blowing. So like, it, you know, that was, that was a different issue, but um, I kind of fell in love with, with BMW then. And, and I was a kid and then uh, I got my first job. I saved about 3,500 bucks. My first job was a Kentucky fried chicken, <laughs> nice. which was working for my aunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it was a good time. Like it definitely helped me kind of, 
grow up a little bit yeah. more. I was super shy. I, I couldn't look at anybody. I, I can, you know, talk to anybody. And so it's helped nice. in a different way. I saved around 3,500 bucks and I was, I was 15. And, you know, again, around cars and stuff with my grandfather, he was really, really like, yeah, like soon we'll go and we'll get you your first car. It'll be your car. Of course, I've driven, I drove all the other cars that he had around like Toyota Corollas and Tercels and Camrys and Accords and Civics and all that. But like none of them were my car. So one day, um, you know, it was the day to go and find me my car. And I, I, I wanted a three series. So we go to a used car dealership and um, they didn't have any BMWs and the ones that they did were not in my price range as a 15 year old with 3,500 bucks. Like this, there's no way. Uh, but we, we, you know, we leave or we, we make our way out and I see in the parking lot, not at the, like not inside the dealership, but in the parking lot of the dealership, this uh, Meridius Blue E36 325i with the silver, with the gray light gray interior, and I'm like looking at that, and I'm just like, wow, look at it, it's gorgeous. And my grandfather's like, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, let's just let's just see if okay. So we go inside. It's okay. It is the owner's wife's uh -huh. car, and he drove it in just because his car was in the shop. So he took his wife's car to work because his car was in the shop. And if he didn't, I wouldn't have seen it. I'm telling you, destiny. Um, so I'm like, are you like, do you want to, do you want to sell the car? Right. This is excited 15 year old me. And he goes, let me call my wife. So he calls his wife. Um, you know, long story short, the answer is yes. They're willing to sell the car, except they're not willing to let it go for less than, 4700 I was like, sir, all I have is 35 And then my grandfather looked at me and was like, I got you. So he spotted me the difference uh, with taxes and everything. It was $5,300. Um, and that was how I got into BMWs. Uh, it had 153,000 miles on it when I got it. It's a lot. I put another 100,000 miles on that thing. I did. I did. But since then, you know, it was, uh, like I fell in love with it. It was a 1992 E36 325i with gray interior, Meridius blue exterior. Um, when we sold it, we sold it to a mom who was buying it for her son as a first car. Um, and yeah, since then, it's history. I upgraded from my E36 325 to uh, E46 330i with a Steptronic. Oh, yeah. I had that for two oh, weeks. Great car. I mean, it was a huge upgrade. Huge, yeah, for sure. And then I was like, ah, Steptronic is not for me. Took it back, took a hit, got a another E46 330i with the M Sport package manual. Even better. Was it the M Sport Even or better. the ZHP? Oh, it was the M Sport. Oh, the ZHP didn't, didn't come no, out just yet. That was towards later. Also, I couldn't afford that. <laughs> and then after that, we upgraded to a uh, E92 335 with the M Sport six speed, uh, that was in 2010. That sounded fantastic. I mean, that was a yeah, huge bump in power I, I had as well. an E90 335i. The, the turbos made a yeah. huge difference. Like to go from the E46 to the E92, I was like, wow. Wow, I thought the E46, I thought I was hmm. cruising in the E46, the E92 was like, oof, okay. 
then I made the mistake of uh, we were at a work event and uh, one of my, I want to say colleagues, but he was like director level was like, Hey, um, we need something from the office. Do you mind going to get it? And I was like, no, not at all. And he's like, you could take my car. And I was like, okay. I knew what he was driving. He had an E90 M3. Oh, and I had the E92 335. And that was just a mistake. It was fully dining out. Like, yeah. it had all the dining parts on it. That was a bad idea. That was just, just no. Like, anyone that's watching this right now, listen, if you're happy with your car, don't drive someone else's car that you know is more, you know, just, just, just yeah. don't. I drive his car and it's just, it's ruined my E92. It's a, it's an M3. It's a V8 with all dining parts. Of course, it's going to be spectacular. I, I come back, I give him the keys. I'm like, Hey, thanks for making me hate my car. Now fast forward a couple of years, traded in the E92 and we ordered uh, F80 M3 base with the M performance. And, and then we went all out and I was really happy because like we'd never had a brand new car. Right. And so it was like a dream come true. You know, rewind back to when I was a teenager in Cali, my grandfather and I walked into a BMW dealership and I laid eyes on the E46 M3. It was a carbon black on black oh. example. And of course the E39 M5, which was in Le Mans blue yeah, <sighs> dude, those cars—they just—they imprint on you. You know, like depending on what, like anyone in this world, you know, no matter what your age is, you always have like these things that you see that sort of like imprint themselves on you. You know, the E46 M3 and the E39 specifically, E39 M5 and Le Mans Blue sort of imprinted themselves on me. And I asked uh, one of the dealer reps there if I could have the catalogs. The game in E46 M3 catalog and E39 catalog. And back then, you'd go to the back and they'd had the little paint samples as well that had like a little yeah. actually painted bit. And like I read that thing inside and out. Like I could tell you all the things. I was obsessed with it. Uh, and then the Angel Eyes came out like on the E39 uh, for the first time. And so then I was trying to like upgrade my E36 325i to a. M3 status, which again, for a teenager is impossible. Like, I mean, all the parts and labor and all the, like, no, 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 that was never achievable. Like, there's no way I'm a teen, right? I work, I'm working at Kentucky fried chicken, right? Like there's, that's not happening, but the dream was there and, uh, you know, kept going, kept reading, kept learning and worked really hard. And, um, you know, met a lot of, you know, good kind people that gave me opportunities and chances um, to prove myself. And I did. And, you know, you're one of those people too. I mean, I was in the Netherlands studying, uh, and I kept commenting on all of our, like, you know, all the, all the posts that you guys were making and then you reached out. And, and so like, it's, it's just, uh, I guess it's just turning into an inspiration. One series for us there. I did. I did. Yeah. That was the very first review. It was a one series that you, you booked me in the Netherlands that you secured, like you made all the conversation. Yeah. I mean, I felt like a bajillion bucks, dude. Like, like here I am, like a student, at, uh, you know, at the university in the Netherlands. I don't know anybody, right? Like, I don't speak the language. I'm there with my wife. Like, I meet you. You know, we hit it off, and you set this up, and I, I show up there, and I feel, I literally believe that I am Top Gear. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I am Top Gear. Like, I show up, and 
I sign this paperwork here and you know these are the keys and you have choices which car do you want to drive it blew my mind like my world just changed completely i was like this is I this mean, is cool for BMW surreal letting you know younger you know professionals or even students gonna get into the field right so it's it's a new world right it, people are becoming to be content creators you know so you can't really look at age yeah. and, and experience necessarily but rather look at the person and see if they have the potential if they're creative so it's worth giving chances to people especially today with social media i think and a lot of the car companies and especially bmw is definitely doing that and they gave us a chance too when we started you know blogging it's kind of like social media today it was new nobody knew what to do with it i mean yeah. social media is not new anymore really but kind of the same thing you know and then you know took a while for them to realize that blogging is really journalism just a different form it's really no difference in that so social media also you create content it's just another form of media but um you know you have really good content creators these days so it's worth you know letting them try do their best but, um, but yeah no that's a cool story yeah um, i mean so, it, it, nothing exists until someone tries to do it and then you know then it, it it takes off and it's successful um nothing nothing incredible or worthwhile has ever just sort of shut up at your door happened until, but, um, no no just no. to go back a little bit to what you said about your cars i just kind of wish you kept the e92 m3 today i'm just being honest yeah. it's uh still i mean one of my favorite cars out of the entire bmw lineup ever listen listen h if if one day i have all the garage space and all the money in the world i'll try to find that car and i'll add it to my fleet uh, but you know <laughs> You know, circumstance, setup, space, uh, income, uh, upkeep, all that, that all comes into play. And that's just keeping it real, yeah. right? I mean, if I could, I would have kept all the cars. Like, believe you me, if I had the opportunity to find the, e the E36 325i, yeah. I would find it. I would buy it and I would restore it and I would drive it every now and then. I would, yeah. but... You and I both know that... Uh, yeah, it's not <laughs> easy to money to afford two cars, but yeah, I think... Um... You know, if um, if you ever have that opportunity, I think it's worth going back and picking up an E92 M3 or E90 M3, even better. I think would be a great addition. A V8, you know, I just did a comparison video with when I was in Florida. I did um, E92 M3, F80, and G80 com uh, exhaust comparison, really. And I only mm -hmm. put in the E92 M3 there with a the V8 just for fun because I knew that's going to win. I mean, there is no way... It, <laughs> <laughs> there's no way anyone's going to say that the turbo is going to sound better than that V8, you know, naturally right. aspirated. And it's, yeah. if you listen to the video, which unfortunately doesn't have the best quality audio, that was quite, quite windy that day, but you can still hear the difference. And um, yeah, just a fantastic engine. So like a V8 with a high rev line? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to beat. Yeah. It's, it's hard to beat. The only, the only thing that's better is the V10 from the, the you know, E60 from the M5. Yeah, oh. So that was... How did you feel? Uh, what is the S the SMG is in that car? SMG three, it's I think. A, yeah, it's a strange one, honestly. Um, it is, there was a manual too, no, six speed manual SMG. that uh, I can tell you yeah. that the X E sixty M five. It's not an easy car to drive. Actually, it's quite challenging. If you're not careful, you get in trouble so quick. It, it, it's a beast. You need to domesticate that, <laughs> like, honestly. And uh, I, I, I drove it years back, and then I drove it recently. Not recently, maybe two years ago in Portugal. There are a bunch of classic cars there, and I picked up that one. You poor thing, know, once I again. Uh. Well, I, I take advantage of those things. There are a bunch of events where BMW is kind enough to bring some of the previous generations. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm the type of guy that would, like, 
maximize every opportunity to drive something different and do a lot of content. So people know that I literally, you know, I'm, I'm the last one that, that brings the cards back and all of that. So one of those, the E60 M5, I drove a little bit just to kind of get a feel. But yeah, they told me beforehand, just be careful. It's not your typical, you know, car. And I totally forgot <laughs> how it was, but, but I loved it. I mean, that V10, it's, it's, it's really, really nice. Really nice. So I, I'm into Formula One yeah. a lot. Like I love Formula One as Who's well. Your driver? When uh, my driver for this, for the 2021 yeah. season, I mean... I mean, you have to love Lewis oh, Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, he's the champ, but I but I never Lewis root for is... for a champ. I always won the. No, other no, 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 no. I am glad that uh, we have a Schumacher back in Formula yeah. One. So secretly, he's like he's like my guy. He secretly, doesn't have a good I car want him to, to to succeed. Yeah, no, he does not. But my guy for twenty twenty one is Lando. Lando, Lando really Norris. Man. I mean, got potential. Still got not potential. a good car. He's. I mean, it's not it's a bad not car. Bad. I mean, I, I just, I'm just, I'm imagining him. Floor, like as far as, uh, you know, um, automate constructors. Yeah, constructors, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm in the fantasy F1 yeah, as nice. well. We'll see at work. Yeah, I'm winning. I kind of ah, got nice, a really nice. good margin. I uh, hope nobody from work is watching. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, yeah, Lando's my guy. Um, that, that's, that's what I'm rooting for. Um, but I was going to say I'm I'm a I'm a romantic when it comes to a lot of things, but especially cars. Um, back when BMW Sauber was racing in F1 uh, with Robert Kubica and Nick Heidfeld, like I still remember when they took a one-two finish yeah, in uh, Canada. Ooh, like I lost my mind. I lost my mind. I, I smiled every, like that whole day. I was at work. I was working at Air France then, at the airport. Uh, people are like, wow, you're in a really good mood today. I'm like, hey, yes, I am. Yes, I am. My F1 team, they're just like eyes glazed over, like not car people. Stop talking to us about cars. Um, but like, I, I remember that the V10 engine block was cast in the same factory where uh, the E60 engine block was cast for the M5 and also for the F1 engines. And I mean, that just right there is like you have the same sort of casting location uh, of the V10 that's going in a super sedan, a 507 horsepower four-door beast that sounds like a Formula One car. And then you watch an F1 race on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, BMW should be really proud. And I, I was very, very sad when they pulled out an yeah. F1. And I understand it's incredibly expensive sport to be in, incredibly expensive. But the technology advancements that... Um, essentially are forced upon you to like innovate uh, because of the, the top tier like racing that happens is um, I, I don't, I'm not part of the financing department of BMW. So I don't know, but I would say is worth it. I don't know if they're, um, I mean, yeah. a, I mean that, let's say this is the last topic that we're going to talk about and uh, not keep it too long, but um, I don't know what's going to happen with the racing of future. I think I've talked about this with Bill Oberlin a little bit too um, informal. Um, just don't know honestly i mean they're they're pulling out of formula e which to me was a huge surprise because they were heavily invested into it i went to a few races and they were they were absolutely into it i mean they they, they wanted to be there they felt like it's the right move for the future so to me when they announced them and, and audi too audi it's even more surprised i mean okay audi won yeah a few championships already so they're probably you know sure. done but uh, i was surprised to be and that was going to pull out so i don't know what's going to happen no dtm involvement so far either unless they DTM shifts towards probably something else, either electric or hybrid. Um, 
they're not racing much in the U.S., only four races this year in IMSA, so that's not much. They're really not doing a lot of racing, actually. So um, I don't know what's going to happen next year. I mean, they have the M3, the M4 GT3 coming out, and that's going to join a bunch of endurance races and all of that and GT classes. But I don't know. I kind of wish they would reconsider Formula One. I just don't, don't, I don't know enough about the upcoming changes in Formula One to exactly to realize if it's uh, if it's going to be expensive or not if formula 1 gets a little bit cheaper like as an entry level and as a development then they might but i really don't know honestly what they're thinking i, I wish i knew i want to start digging you know trying to find out more but but i, oh, I have no man. hope for formula 1 honestly i don't think they're they're the type to just go back if, if that were to happen like i feel bad for everyone that has to work with me <laughs> um, because uh, <laughs> i would lose my mind yeah, i mean i would lose maybe my mind. Formula One will stick around and it's going to become even more hybrid technology and then it would make sense. So maybe, I don't know, honestly, but uh, eventually Formula One will change a lot because now you're only selling electric sure. cars. So what are you going to do with sure. that? So I, yeah, a good question. But Or maybe they're just going to say, hey, you know, we're all building electric cars, but let's start, let's keep competing with, you know, conventional cars in just Formula One. So that would be cool. So it'd be like a throwback yeah, motorsport exactly. and be like, hey, remember yeah, when like, we used to burn well, let's, gas? Let's prove that we're still a, you know, a, a motorsport brand or a, or a sporty brand. Let's just do that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's always about, you know, getting the best return on their investment. And Formula One, you know, second stint wasn't, um, didn't really pay off. Yeah, so, yeah. So. It's going to be interesting to see how the world like evolves and changes, uh, both in motorsports and just you know consumer uh, everyday cars in, and in, in in racing. I mean, Daytona. I went a couple of years ago. It's not that many people. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a lot of interest from the new generation in in uh, in racing. That's my opinion. Aside from Formula One, but even Formula One, I don't think it's as popular as it used to be. I mean, it was. I don't want to agree with you, but. Uh, it is true. It's true. I mean, they're trying to make it a little bit more interesting, you know, uh, trying to bring the pack uh, closer together to get some excitement yeah, they have to. And, and, and keep the – they have to, right? Because no one uh, – oh, look, it's Lewis Hamilton in pole position. Oh, look, it's Verstappen in pole position. You know, it's just back and forth. Oh, no. So the action is like midfield and then, you know, the, the other cars. Like what, what happens there? And that, I think that's why a little bit I'm like rooting for Lando because he's, you know – middle of the pack i'm not like i'm not saying and not to take anything away from like you know red bull or or mercedes you know but i gotta give props. it's gotta be interesting it's gotta be exciting gotta give props to the teams and to fia also because they give access to netflix to do the documentaries and i think to me i mean i've i stopped following formula one a few years back and i watched the documentaries and um i kind of got back into it drive to survive yeah, i kind of got back into it because you know it was it was different from what I remembered, you know, and that behind the scene access, it was cool. Seeing the drama yeah. and everything that's, that's, that's in Formula One, it was kind of cool. So I think it kind of brought back, you know, uh, a new desire to um, to watch the races once again. So that was kind of cool they did that. Yeah. I agree. Like, uh, it's definitely uh, pulling the curtain a little bit and, and, and showing, yeah. you know, all the stuff that's happening. I think it's, it's really well, well shot, well done, well edited. Oh, yeah. Cinematography, um, cinematography perfect especially the second season gorgeous absolutely yeah. i was watching it on a, on a really nice tv and i was like wow this is super cool and 
yeah, see, and I watch that, and then I go see Horatio's like, hey, man, how's, it, how's that review going? I'm like, no, 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 no. I got to I gotta get the cinematography just right. I got to I gotta shoot this angle just right. The the edit isn't coming. It's just, it's not my, what, what's in here, I haven't translated to, like, here, so it's going to have to wait a little bit. Like That's, you know, you're, it's, it's just, you're it's an so artist, pretty. you're trying to get it right, so yeah. I'm an artiste, exactly. please. I'm an artiste. No, no, no. But that'd be it's, cool it's really been, to actually see. Long. So the weekend end with that, I think it'll be kind of cool to see your review of the M3CS because you don't see a lot of uh, used car reviews of the M3CS because not like you said, only 500 yeah. people in the U.S. have it, and probably not a lot of people spend the time to film the car and all of that. So you will be, um, you will be quite, quite cool to see. I mean, everybody can drive a new car, but very few people can drive an M3CS. So I'm excited to, uh, to for see extended that. period of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, there's, there's, there's great things about it. There's a lot of great things about it. I don't want to give too much away, but there's also, you know, like things that you learn to live with or, you know, kind of like irk you a little bit, but you know, you, you pick yeah, up on exactly. Yeah. Yeah. With every car. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a great chat. It was a little longer than I expected, but um, yeah. So for the, That's for fantastic. the listener viewers, um, once again, we do a, a video version. It's going to be on you know, our YouTube channel, as you can see right now. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our channel, BMW blog and your channel, James. Uh, yeah, my channel is the James Bach channel on YouTube. Uh, it's like kind of very content. It's mostly cars with some other stuff thrown in there, like travel and like watches. I like watches too, but it, uh, 80% yes. of his cars. Right. Cars <laughs> watches, they go together, so nothing, nothing wrong with that. It's true. It's true. They absolutely it's, go together. They, they, we actually yeah. did a bunch of articles on that too. So yeah, so it's going to be on there. Um, we're also uh, going to do this uh, audio um, file too, so it's going to be on... Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcast all the platforms out there. And um, thanks for um, for joining me. Hope to see you soon. We need to do um, a new one. Maybe next one we'll do something with maybe next to your car or something like that. That'll be a cool one. Sure. Yeah. 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 I'll set up a little yeah, table and a chair be, and everything, and it'll, it won't look weird yeah, at exactly, all. It'll yeah, be great. Exactly. Just a, this is totally just a normal. People will walk yeah, by. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to like go to like my parking garage, like at work, where there's nobody there. You'll just see like so weirdo on top of a parking garage with a camera. He's talking to himself. Nothing okay. weird about that. <laughs> nothing weird. Nothing to exactly. see here. Move along. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah, me here, Show. Like a it's been a blast. Absolutely. And, and um, like, we'll talk soon. Driven by yeah. passion. Right. Guys, thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week. Actually, we have a special guest. We have Nikki Shields. Uh, some of you might know her from um, Formula E, Formula One presenter on CNN and ESPN and some other platforms. So we're going to talk to her about racing once again, mostly uh, Formula E racing and electromobility and electric cars. She's kind of the expert in the field, so stay tuned for that, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for watching. Thanks, y'all. Bye.